So throughout the summer, we've been playing with this idea of the gospel according to, and we've got, we're down to two final Sundays, this week and next week. Next week, we'll revisit Edward Tulane. So, um, so if you haven't read the book, you have one week left. So hopefully you can do that and check it out. Today, we talk about the gospel according to Mary Oliver. Now, Mary Oliver is not as well-known as, say, um, a UK quarterback or might be um, a star in Hollywood, but she is an amazing person. She passed away just a few years ago back in 2019, but she's an American poet who has won both the National Book Award as well as the Pulitzer Prize for her work. Her work is inspired by nature. It's not about as much the human world, but it comes from her lifelong passion of spending time out in nature. In fact, when she was a young child, she spent a lot of time out. She had just kind of a a crazy childhood that was incredibly stressful. And so to escape, she went out into the woods, out into the fields back in Ohio. And that's where she spent most of her time. And it inspired her. And at the age of 14, she began writing poetry. She's been compared to Emily Dickinson because she shares an affinity for solitude and for inner monologues. But her poetry combines combines deep introspection with joyous release. I don't know about, if you've heard of Mary Oliver before, you may be most familiar with the one that is on the back of your bulletin today. It's called Wild Geese. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and deep and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, The wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over, announcing your place in the family of things. The thing that I found about Mary Oliver is when I began to kind of delve into her stuff is that she had the ability to take the words that were just that we all have access to, but to order them, to choose them in a way that resonated deep within me. Because I don't know about you all, but I have stopped every so often and looked up to the skies when the when the geese are going around us, the beauty and the majesty of it. And just the fascination of watching them fly in that formation, 
knowing where it is that they go and how that all works is fascinating to me. There's the scientific level, but then there's also this deep inner knowing as well that just resonates with me. And it's the same thing that Mary Oliver was able to do is to take those and put those into words in a way that made sense. Thankfully, I was given a book a few years ago of her poetry. Sometimes I consider it to be some of her best work. This is my favorite one from the book. How it is with us and how it is with them. We become religious and then we turn from it. Then we are in need and maybe we turn back. We turn to making money, then we turn to moral life. Then we think about money again. We meet wonderful people, but lose them in our busyness. We're as, as the saying goes, all over the place. Steadfastness, it seems, is more about dogs than about us. One of the reasons we love them so much. It's a whole book about poetry about dogs. I would commend it to you if you haven't found it. But she has a way of understanding because I know that it means something to me when I'm sitting on the couch and Lily comes and puts her head right on your lap. And you're, if you dog people out there, there's just something about that. But putting that in words, she has a way of connecting. I appreciate that about the poets in our world. I really do. Psalm 145 that Ken read today, it's a poem. Many of the psalms that we have in the middle of our book are poems. Now, this one's an acrostic, just like the one that you have a chance to create there in front of you today. That means that every single line begins with a different letter. The Psalm 145 uses the Hebrew alphabet. Those of you who speak Hebrew. But if, if, you, if you actually read it in Hebrew, you would see that each line begins with a different Hebrew letter. And they did that for a couple of reasons. First off, it was easier for them to memorize. And interesting enough, this psalm itself, Psalm 145, was chosen by the rabbis of the time and placed within the Talmud as a hymn of praise, a song of praise that, that all the rabbis were commended to remember, to put into memory and to say three times a day. Why say this three times a day? Well, I don't know about you all, but I could use a little bit more gratefulness in my life. In fact, everything that I read um, about gratefulness says that it changes me and it gives me more peace. Now, of course, I get a little bit of anxiety when I think that I should be being more grateful. And so then I have to be more grateful to combat that anxiety a little bit. <laughs> so you get, but, but the whole thing is people are saying you need to be more grateful. And I would agree. I look around our world today and there is so much anger. There's so much hatred. There is so much fear. And there's, and I think, animosity towards other people. There is something that could be said to having 
deep sense of gratefulness within us. And I believe that if we were to recite this psalm three times a day to remind us how we were blessed, to remind us how we were God's, and to center us in that way, we allow that poet of 145 to help guide us. Because poetry does something. It connects with us in deep and profound ways. And the thing is, it allows us to have deep and powerful emotions. Because when we look around this world, there is incredible beauty. There is incredible creation. There are things that, that spawn this deep wonderings and questions. But I think that many times in our life, we're encouraged to flatten everything out. We don't need these big highs, and we definitely don't want these big lows. But there's something about poetry that inspires us to do so. And maybe that's, maybe that's the problem. We don't have a way of dealing. We don't have a way of engaging with these deep feelings that we have. These powerful emotions. Life is beautiful. It is complex. It's also heartbreaking and joy-filled. And it's mysterious. To smooth out and just use fat, flat words or actions to describe what life is about, I don't believe that that's what we're being called to. I just don't believe that it gives complete glory to the moments that we live. Poetry does something else around that. I remember as a kid, the first time that the teacher stopped us and said, okay, we're all going to write a poem. And I got super scared. Because I didn't always have the right words. I definitely couldn't spell real well. And so that was anxiety on top of me. And so if I scratched out a poem, I didn't want to share it with anybody. Because I was afraid that it wasn't good enough. I was afraid that it maybe didn't rhyme or it didn't have the right meter or that it didn't have the right theme or that I was not going to get a good grade on it. And so I kept it kind of to myself. you feel like that? You ever feel like what it is that you're writing, what it is that you're crafting is not good enough to share? Or maybe you're worried that it won't be received in the right way or that you're worried that it just doesn't rhyme in the right way or it isn't spelled the correct way. Do you wonder if your poem, if your life is enough? I'm grateful for the poets because they step forward in courage and they put what they have out there. And it's an invitation. It's a call to all of us. It's a nudge to say you can do this as well.
What would this world be like if we shared more of our own inner poetry with it? What would it be like if we risked, just like Mary Oliver did those many years ago, found the courage inside of herself to put that out there? I'm grateful for people like that. Because here's the deal. We use this term around um, the church a lot, salvation, how we're saved by God, by Jesus. And most of the time, though, it's used in the connotation in which we talk about salvation or being saved as to after it is that we take that last breath. We talk about usually around, uh, you know, around funerals and things, and we talk about how that person was that person saved. The problem is, is that when we do that, we limit the word. We limit what it is that we are engaged and challenged to do by God and by Jesus throughout all of his teachings. When Jesus walked with his disciples and shared with them, he talked about becoming kingdom. He talked about being saved, not to something else and other, but to where we were. And the thing is, is that we're being called, we're being saved each and every day to a life of depth and purpose and meaning and service through everything that we do. Every breath that we take, every action that we have, every word that we share, whether it be the beat poet that speaks into the microphone or the one that writes their poems in the corner and holds them close in a book. That, that delving deep into those, those emotions, those feelings that are deep inside of us, that is a way of finding salvation. That is a way of embracing life. And by sharing those things, by putting ourselves out there, we have a part in crafting a world that looks more and more like God every day. These things make a difference. Your life is important. Your life can make a difference. May we find courage. May we find a sense of knowledge that what we have to craft and to share with this world is important. And it is enough. Reach deep. Find that life, those words, that poetry that is inside of you, and share it with the world. For when you do, it can create a world that looks more and more like God. Thank you, Mary Oliver, and thank you all for the verses that you will add to this life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again, and may you know joy in powerful ways this week.